0: Hey everyone, welcome back to being human is weird. Today we have part two of our keep your relationship afloat episode. If you haven't checked out part one yet, while it isn't necessary, it may be a helpful foundation episode. With that being said, let's hop
1: back in with couples therapist, Brian Ulrich. Something in the past that I've struggled with is bringing past experiences into new relationships or building resentment and not expressing myself out of basically out of fear that I was going to be rejected or I had been met with upsetting my partner. So for those of us in a position where we feel I don't want to say anything because I don't want to start a fight, how do you handle that?
2: And just to clarify, are you saying what happens when that comes from a prior relationship and might be rearing its head in a current relationship or if that exact issue is with the person that you're working with?
1: Both would be great because in my experience, it's started with one and ended with the other.
2: So there's a couple approaches to that. I mean, one can be, I understand why the wall is there, I respect it. And yet we have to figure out how to break it down. You cannot have intimacy in a relationship without vulnerability. And so you're going to have to learn to be vulnerable. And yes, that's going to mean you're going to have to risk being hurt again. But we've got to move you out from behind this wall. You know, let's say in the dynamic you just described, it's a um, dynamic where he's maybe been resistant, or uh, one's been punished. Partner B needs to be receptive and open to partners, A, change, or it's kind of like, well, what am I doing this all for? And so um, it's not easy, but I ask couples to do things that aren't easy all the time. And it's, in fact, it's not going to seem fair. You know, there has to be an openness to change, and that can be really difficult. The resentment piece is um, interesting because it's such a potent Emotion, and so the idea is, um, when we're dealing with a lot of resentment, or someone kind of has a lot of that uh, baggage, helping them learn to park the resentment for at least the time being, as they as they repair, having them put it in trash bags and visually and and put it out into the garage or put it in like a yard waste bag and. Put it out behind the house. Resentments a really difficult one to respond to because it's kind of so. Um, I don't know. It's like a poison. Uh, Self righteous indignation, like like you you did this to me, so now I I get to punish you. That renders the uh, other person kind of impotent. It's it's kind of like I, I don't know what to do with this.
0: So a lot of work individually and the couple has to be willing to work together to improve as well as on themselves. So if you've been in it for a while and you feel like you are putting in the work both on yourself and in the relationship, and it just isn't working for whatever reason, maybe there's constant disharmony, or there's a faux facade of harmony, but neither one are truly trusting or communicating. How do you know when it's time to end? Or how do you know when it's time to keep working.
2: Yeah, there's a great metaphor, I think, for the how to know when it's time to end. And again, this comes from uh, Terry's work, but he, he wrote a blog post on this. And the the title of the blog is called rowing to nowhere. They're they're rowing the boat, but they're not really headed in any kind of um, discernible direction, a couple can become what what's sometimes referred to as therapy dependent, even after weeks of meeting. Have the capacity to move conflict forward they don't seem to be implementing the skills but no real desire to to change and so they come every week or every other week and kind of rehash some of the old stuff or or they they haven't really talked in two weeks and they're using that time to do that you know with a the therapist almost being like the referee some of those signs could be like you know like do they have a vision do they have a direction that they're heading do they have hope it's a bit nuanced in terms of when when to know it might be time to end if the relationship doesn't seem to be a a high priority, high enough priority that individuals are willing to make a lasting change, then I think that that could be a pretty good indicator.
1: Okay. It sounds like there's just no energy or want to put effort toward it. You shouldn't feel burnt out all the time.
2: Right, right. right. Well said.
1: On a happier note, what are the positive aspects of a
0: good relationship that you see,
2: you know, I think a relationship that helps bring out the best in one another shifting from a you versus me mindset to uh, an us versus the problem that us mindset where the we're, we're in it as a team is profound having that team orientation, not just in the good times, but in the bad, which of course requires a lot of the stuff that we talked about being able to do some regulation and set some good internal boundaries learning some skills like being able to validate and empathize is absolutely profound because w- what it does is it really helps you develop a synergy as a couple where there isn't a whole lot that can throw you off. And when there are downs, there there is a clear direction, almost like if you're going on a hike, like there's a clear path forward in what we need to do.
1: Would you say that people who are experiencing kind of the lowest points in their relationship or they're thinking, okay, maybe it is time to give up, can they turn it around and get to a point where it becomes us versus the problem? We're best friends, They go from having a very shaky foundation to a strong one?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, especially if much of what characterizes the problem are things that we've talked about today, you know, there's there's some biggies, real biggies that are really tough to navigate, not impossible. things like, infidelity or hidden things that maybe weren't revealed not not to say those are not possible to work through it takes an incredible amount of work and some of these skills if much of what characterizes their problems is just these patterns that they seem to get into in conflict and and just these habits that they've developed like let's say both shut down it's like they come in and it's like man we're just a low play we, we've been shut down and haven't talked for like two weeks this is awful uh absolutely it, it, it's absolutely possible to um to change and 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 to do that in pretty short order. Sometimes it takes a bit more to dislodge those patterns for certain individuals, depending on the severity of like the wounds or trauma that they have you know, frankly, if some of that is involved in this, like, well, yeah, I shut down because it was absolutely just a nightmare growing up in my house. I can't even tell you how bad it was. So we might have to do a bit more work in therapy to help with that, you know, maybe some trauma work to be in relational recovery, I think is Doing exactly that, like you can be at your lowest, and really transform this thing into a, a version of yourselves that didn't even seem possible a few months ago.
1: And what kickstarts the willingness to put in the work?
2: You, the leverage is sitting right next to them. I mean, it's either this is kind of a make or break, and and helping them recognize that. But the leverage is, and that's why couples therapy. You can really have profound movement. Like, uh, I don't want this thing to end. Then, will you allow me? As a therapist, I can will you allow me to help you learn how to do this thing better?
0: For brand new relationships, do you have any suggestions on starting out off that relationship building? Trust and these coping mechanisms within the disharmony states. Yeah, thank you for asking that, Carrie. You're welcome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because there there exists um, there is a model out there that some therapists use called the developmental model for couples, and there's like five stages that the um, founders of this would suggest that all, uh, all couples move through, kind of like uh, developmental stages. So that there's some really normal things that happen in each stage. Of course, the first stage is kind of like the the honeymoon, the bonding stage that you're coming together and um, you're finding mostly harmony.
1: It's mm-hmm. kind of like
2: blind love. The second stage is... <laughs> What we'd refer to as knowledge without love. We're starting to have our first fight, like I didn't know about that, and it's almost like we can kind of flip it. Like we have all this knowledge about them and and then some of that love piece is a little bit buried. the The third phase, Terry would say, is a, a knowing love that we have knowledge of all these things and we've learned to love them anyways. But in this developmental model, there, the second stage is learning to uh, differentiate, have differentiation, kind of um, what we talked about, managing anxiety over differences and increased tolerance for ambiguity, doing some of this validation stuff. We're going to have two kind of subjective experiences making it emotionally safe. If you can navigate that stage well, it sets the stage for all the later stages, which are all really good ones. Um, it's just th- a recognition that an early stage relationship looks very much like you see on all the shit Bachelor, all the movies. I mean, it's, it's kind of the fun, romantic um, honeymoon stage that isn't realistic. And so like, Literally, how how do we do this conflict stuff? How do we like wh- what happens when something pops up that we disagree on? For early stage couples, I think for them really being able to um, learn how to do that well and recognize that this is this is a common stage that a lot of couples struggle with.
1: In those stages, or even later stages, people who are in an established relationship, I don't want to ask how important it is, but. How important is it that needs are communicated? Because something that I struggle with is I just assume that everybody can read my mind.
2: Being able to communicate needs in a way that's focused on yourself is, a you know, the second component of that, like uh, an eye focus. Uh, you know, I have been feeling we can help grease the wheels a bit, limit defensiveness. So, um, yes, communicating needs is important. The idea is that functional moves in a relationship are moves that... Um, enable your partner to come through for you, kind of empower them, but dysfunctional moves are moves that kind of render them like disempowered. Mm -hmm. So if you can communicate needs in a way that's kind of empowering for them, and it's tough to do, but certainly possible.
0: From all of your experience, expertise, education, if you had one piece of advice for every couple in the world, what would that be?
2: I think my one piece of advice for couples is Remember love. Even in the height of conflict, this other person we're talking to is not a two headed monster. You know, it's not someone that has it out for us, but it's someone that we love and we care about. And if we're able to remember love and keep that at the forefront of our interactions with one another, A lot of these other skills that we talk about can flow more organically and more naturally from that that
0: principle. Just as a reminder, Brian does work with a variety of topics and specialties. So if you're interested, and you should be, you can find him at the On Earth Project working out of the Grand Rapids area. He does appointments virtually. He's an amazing therapist and Great resource! So, check out Instagram for more information and resources on topics that he's covered in these last two episodes. And we'll catch you next week.
1: If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share all of those things that the kids are doing. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs
0: with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos.